Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast again. We're very thankful to have you with us here on the program. And this is Elder David Wise, and we share time with Elder Joe Nettles, who's the pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. And I pastor Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. And we both meet for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., and we also have a Wednesday night meeting in Starville at 6 o'clock p.m. We'd invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. Please email us and contact us if you enjoy our efforts on the program. If they're profitable to you, we would love to correspond with you. If you have any questions, we'd love to answer those questions for you. So we just hope and pray that our efforts will be beneficial to you and honoring to the Lord. This program is set to air on December the 26th, which is the day after our celebration of Christmas. Uh, So therefore, we'd like to consider together, why did Jesus come into this world? And we know that he did come into this world, but he came into this world for a purpose. So this morning, we would like to consider that together and consider Jesus's purpose as he came into this world, which is to save his people from their sins and then other ministries as well to bear witness of the truth and to be the light of the world. But primarily, we know that Jesus was born for the purpose of dying. He was born for the purpose of redeeming his people from their sins. And we know from the scriptures that he accomplished that work. So we hope that you can stay with us here on the program. We'll bring that message to you right after the song as we consider together, why did Jesus come into the world?
This morning, as we have just finished the Christmas holiday, and we have certainly been blessed to spend time with our friends and our family and hopefully exchange some gifts and have great fellowship, we're very thankful for those opportunities that we have during the holiday season. But I hope that you have also meditated upon the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, I'd like to say that we're pretty confident that Jesus was not born on December the 25th. He was most likely born in the September to October time frame, and there are multitudes of reasons for that. That's not our purpose on the message this morning. However, even though Jesus was most likely not born on December the 25th, I think it's very beneficial for us from time to time to think about the fact that Jesus did come into the world and he came into the world for a purpose. And this morning, we would like to consider that purpose. Why did Christ come into the world? It's just a tremendous mystery that God became flesh. And again, this is just a much bigger topic than what we have time to consider this morning. But truly, great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery that God can become a man. Just last night, I watched the Nativity story. And we read scripture, but sometimes it's good to have a visual representation of some of those events. And just to think about the fact that the God that has all power in heaven and earth was born as a helpless little babe in a manger in Bethlehem. It's just hard to fathom that God could become a man, but God did not choose to insert himself into history as a full-grown man. He chose to come into this world as a little bitty baby through the womb of a virgin. It's just amazing. Truly great is the mystery of godliness that God was born of a virgin. It's just amazing to meditate on that fact. So as you've hopefully thought about the birth of Jesus during this time period and read the nativity account and all the blessings associated with that, this morning I would like for us to focus on Jesus's purpose because Jesus's birth is insignificant without understanding why he came into this world. He was not just a regular baby that was born. He came into this world for a purpose. And why did Christ come into the world? And we hope to look at some scriptures that can answer that question for us this morning. We'd like to begin in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and in verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So why did Christ come into this world? Well, here we have the expressly stated purpose of why Jesus was born. He was born to die. Jesus was born to save sinners. And if he's going to save people, that's his only option, isn't it? Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners by nature and we're all sinners by practice. But he didn't just come into the world to offer salvation. Jesus didn't come into the world in the hopes of saving sinners. He came into this world to save sinners. And then the Apostle Paul feels the weight of his own sin prior to his regeneration and conversion. And he says, of whom I am chief. And many people like to argue with the Apostle Paul about that. No, I feel to be the chiefest of sinners. Now, when you're convicted of your sin after the new birth, you need to feel to be the worst among the lot. You certainly need to feel that way. But I believe that the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle Paul this designation for a reason. So for that reason, I'm not going to argue with the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to argue with Paul to say, no, 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 I'm really the chiefest of sinners. Now, many times, many days, I feel to be the chiefest of sinners, but I believe the Holy Spirit gave this title 
title to the Apostle Paul for a reason, to show through the integrity of Scripture just how vile and wicked he was before his regeneration and to show there is no one beyond the grace of God. Amen. So I believe that the Apostle Paul was the chiefest of sinners, that the Holy Spirit attested to that. We certainly should feel a deep conviction of our sin when we have clarity of our shortcomings before a holy God. But Christ came into this world to save sinners. He didn't come into this world to offer salvation for sinners. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1, and this is an account where Mary has previously been told that she is going to have a child by the Holy Ghost, but then she manifests that she has had this child and Joseph just doesn't believe her. I mean, I think I would have a difficult time believing her too. Yeah, sure, you're still a virgin. Yeah, sure, you're just lying to cover up your fornication. I mean, I probably wouldn't have believed her in my nature either. So Joseph was still a respectful and honorable man. He wasn't going to publicly accuse her where she would be facing stoning and capital punishment, but he minded to put her away privately. But then as he was meditating on those things, the Lord came to him and told him that the Holy Ghost had conceived and married thy wife. And then in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. You see, Jesus came into this world for a purpose, and that was to save his people from their sins. I want you to notice when Jesus came into this world, he already had a people. God is not wondering who's going to end up in heaven based on our actions here in time. No, God gave a people to Jesus Christ before the world began, and those are the exact same people that Jesus saved on the cross, and that is the exact same people that will be with God in heaven for all of eternity. So why did Christ come into the world? He came into the world to save sinners and to save his people. Next in John chapter 6, beginning in verse 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. This is talking about irresistible grace. It's saying that Everyone that is given to Christ. Well, who is given to Christ? His people, right? That's who he came to save. That's who he came to save from their sins. Who was given to Christ? His people. So all of his people shall come to me in the new birth and follow him being called out of dead in sins to life in Christ. Then he says in verse 38, for I came down from heaven. Again, why did Jesus come down from heaven? For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus did not come solely to do his own will, if you will. Now, his will is perfectly one with God the Father. We know the Trinity is in perfect unity, so it's not like Jesus' will is different than the Father's will. He's simply deferring to the authority of the Father as him being the Son of God. But he says, look, I came down from heaven to do the bidding of my Father. Now, what is the Father's will? So what did he come down from heaven to do? Verse 39, for this is the Father's will. So we see here that Jesus came down to do the Father's will, and this is the Father's will. So if A equals B and B equals C, that means A equals C, right? So therefore, we could very easily say that Jesus came down from heaven so that of all that thou hast given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. So here we see again that Jesus came into this world, and there were a people that were given to him. There was a people that was given to him. And just in conjunction with that verse in John chapter 17 and verse 2, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life, 
to as many as thou hast given him. Now, who is God going to give eternal life to? He doesn't say that he's going to give eternal life to those that believe. He doesn't say he's going to give eternal life to those that are baptized. He doesn't say he's going to give eternal life to those who live a supposedly good life. Who is God going to give eternal life to? Those that were given to Christ. And who's that group? They're his people, right? They're sinners, that Christ came to save his people from their sins. So the will of the Father is that everyone that was given unto him would be given eternal life and that Christ would not lose anything, that Christ would not lose a single one that he came into this world to save. And we know from Jesus' own two lips as he was giving up the ghost, as he cried out, it is finished, what was his purpose when he came into the world? To save his people from their sins, and he declared on the cross, it is finished. You understand? So Christ came to save a people, and he saved his people. He saved every single one of his elect and saved them perfectly to heaven. I'd also like to highlight Hebrews chapter 10 and in verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, again, Christ coming into the world, when he cometh into the world, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. So this is a, another reminder that Christ came into this world for the purpose of death, for the purpose of sacrifice, to do the will of the Father, to give eternal life and to save from their sins all of his people that were given to him before the foundation of the world. So it is absolutely true that Jesus's primary purpose of being born was to save his people. And again, there's so many aspects of this that is far beyond our scope today, but he had to become a man for a reason. He had to be born of a virgin for a reason because he had to be both the son of man and the son of God. He had to be the seed of Abraham. He couldn't send an angel to redeem his people. No, it had to be a man. And that's why he had to be born of a virgin. So there are so many important reasons regarding the incarnation and regarding the virgin birth of Jesus Christ that were necessary. But understand, all of that, every single bit of the virgin birth and the incarnation, every single bit of it is primarily for one purpose. So Christ would be a rightful substitutionary sacrifice for the sins of all of his people and the sins of the elect, okay? So Christ was born to die. Christ was born for the purpose to accomplish the will of the Father that all that was given to him before the foundation of the world, that he would not lose a single one, but all of them would be with him in heaven at the end of time. And Jesus, again, finished the work of salvation. John chapter 19 and verse 30, it is finished. He finished the work of salvation and he declared it with his own two lips, he accomplished the purpose that he came into this world to complete. So that is Christ's primary purpose, is to save his people from their sins. But obviously, when Christ, God manifest in the flesh, showed up here on this earth, there were a whole lot of other benefits that came along with that, right? So now we'd like to highlight a couple verses that give us a little bit more information on why he came into this world. Again, his primary goal and mission before the foundation of the world was to come into this world to save his people from their sins, and he did it, and he accomplished it. But just the very fact of God manifest in the flesh, 
that the express image of God's person lived and walked here on this earth, there were some other benefits and side purposes, if you will, for him coming into this world. Let's look at John chapter 18 and in verse 37, as Pilate is questioning Jesus, he says in the previous verse, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were of this world and my servants would fight. My kingdom is not from hence. And then Pilate says in verse 37, art thou a king then? And Jesus answers him and says, thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So first of all, we see here that Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. Now understand he was the truth, right? <laughs> he was truth personified. John 14 and six, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Christ was truth personified, but the word of God that had been written in the Old Testament, now the word became flesh. And now you had a visible manifestation of the word of God and the glory of God and notice the truth of God. And it's just amazing the humility of Jesus Christ, how he took upon himself the form of a servant and he was perfectly one with God the Father. Jesus was perfectly one with God the Father, but yet he always deferred to the authority of the Father as him being the Son of God. So he says, I should bear witness of the truth. He was the truth, but he came to bear witness of the truth of God the Father, right? And then everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So Jesus came to be the plumb line, as it says in prophecy in the Old Testament, that you hearing or rejecting the words of Jesus, you hearing or rejecting the gospel of the Son of God is a plumb line that separates light from darkness, right? It separates life from death. And that's what Jesus says in John chapter 12 and in verse 47, I am come, right? I am come for what purpose? I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. But for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. So again, we see here, what was Jesus' purpose? It was not primarily to judge the world. It was to save the world. Now, I believe we can say at Jesus' first advent or his first appearing, I believe we can say that Jesus came to save the world. Now, he says here, that I came not to judge the world, when's that going to happen? That's going to happen at his second coming, right? So Jesus did not come here on this earth his first time to judge the world. Now, now certainly he manifested truth, he manifested light, and people that were in darkness were condemned for that. But his primary purpose was not to condemn the world. No, his primary purpose the first time was to save his people from their sins. His primary purpose in coming the second time, yes, he's going to redeem the elect and we're going to go to be in heaven with him. But one of his primary purposes of coming the second time is to judge the world. Do you understand that? The first time he came to save the world, the next time he's coming to judge the world. Okay. But Jesus said, look, I'm the plumb line. I'm the light. And if you reject me, then you're rejecting God and you're rejecting light. He says in John chapter three and in verse 19, this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. So Jesus came into the world, right? Light is now manifested right here in front of your eyes. This is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light for their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. So Christ came as the light of the world and he manifested the truth of God's light. 
But he also shined illumination into the wickedness of those that were living in darkness, even though they gave the pretense of religion, right? We think about these Pharisees, we think about these scribes, many of them were unregenerate. Now, certainly there were children of God among them, Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, but there was a significant group of these people that were unregenerate that the best way that they could get to the top and have power and authority and wealth in their current society was through religion, okay? So just like how today, religion was essentially the politics of the day. People gravitate to power, wealth, and authority. And today, you can gravitate to politics. You can be a senator. You can be a governor. You want to aspire to be the president. Not because they really even care that much about the people that they're governing, but that is satisfying their carnal needs. Well, what was the political environment in first century Judea? There wasn't a Senate. There wasn't a House of Representatives. There wasn't a state governor role. There wasn't a president. How could you get political rule and authority and coming along with that financial wealth, how could you gain that? You gained it by being a member of the Sanhedrin, right? You gained it by being a member of this Jewish religious elite. So there were unregenerate men that pursued this religion, not because they love God, but because they have the same inward desires for power, authority, and wealth that the wicked have always had, okay? So they were men that were giving the pretense of religion, that were giving the pretense of godliness, but they were living in darkness. He says later on, you're whited sepulchers. You may look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. So some people in that society, because of the authority that the scribes and the Pharisees had, they viewed them as very godly. But Jesus came and he shone true light here in this world and manifested that, no, they're in darkness. They're in darkness. And that was not truly manifested until Jesus Christ as the light of the world came into this world. So he came to shed light into the, all the world. And one effect of that is to shine light for those that are living in darkness and to condemn them to where men won't be enticed to follow after their ungodly actions. We've seen in many places that Christ came in the world to save the world. He uses this language in John chapter 6 and in verse 33, now describing himself as the bread of God or the bread of life. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So he came to save his people from their sins. And when it's described to the world, it's not giving an opportunity of salvation to anyone that wants it. The world means a, a people out of every nation, kindred, people, and tongue. Not just Jews, but a people beyond just the Jewish lineage. The world, the Gentile world included, if you will. So he didn't come to save the entire world without exception. He came to save his people out of the world, his people out of every nation, kindred, people, and tongue. And then finally, in John chapter 9 and verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I am coming to this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. So again, very similar language to those that are in darkness, him illuminating the wickedness of their darkness. And he does say here that I am come for judgment. Now understand, though, his judgment is the temporal actions of the Pharisees and condemning them there in time. He did not come to judge the world in an eternal sense, casting people to hell. That's why I said that judgment is reserved for his second coming. But he did come to discern and to make judgments here in this world for the purpose of manifesting the truth, shining light on the truth so that his children would not abide in darkness, 
but that his children would walk in truth. So Christ came into the world to save his people from their sins, to bear witness of the truth, to shine the light of truth in this world and thereby manifest those that are in darkness. But primarily, Christ came into this world to save his people from their sins. And for that reason, Christ was born, he died. But furthermore, we know he saved his people from their sins. We know he accomplished his purpose in coming into this world. Why? Because he was resurrected. Amen? Because he was resurrected. And because he was resurrected, we have a hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Christ came into this world for a purpose. He completed that purpose. He accomplished it. And that's the reason we have a hope of heaven this morning. The birth of Jesus was not in vain. If he would have stayed in that grave and not been resurrected, he would have been just like every other man. But he was not like every other man. He was the son of God. He was God manifest in the flesh and he was resurrected from the dead and we have been saved to life through his blood and through his resurrection. Christ came into this world for a purpose and praise the Lord, he accomplished that purpose of saving his people from their sins. Let's praise and honor and thank our Lord for his birth, for his death, but especially for his resurrection this morning. Hope you've had a very blessed Christmas season leading up to the new year. And we certainly pray God will richly bless you, not just during this time, but especially in the new year to come. God bless you. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the